0: You are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex, I yield to no one, Steve. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Trophy Horse. This is episode 328, and I'm your host, Tricky Mick. I can't even fake that. No, this is not Tricky Mick. Tricky is at work tonight, so you get me, Alex. It's my second week back on the show, and he's already dumping hosting duties on me. How do you like that? But speaking of returns, and I'm even doing segues just like Tricky now, speaking of, we have a return again this week. He... Brings the awesome all the time. Back from hiatus, moved into his new house. It's I yield to no one,
1: and with two squirrels running the wheel, so better internet.
0: Two squirrels. What was running the, the internet wheel before?
1: One retired squirrel. Oh, I
0: was going to de- I was going to guess a dead hamster.
1: Well, it, it may have been that too. But I'm back. Been yeah. a while.
0: He's back, and Yield and I are joined this week to form the Triad. Roberto.
2: I did not hit her. That's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi Andy. Hi, trophy horse. Oh hi, trophy horse, I have to say it like that.
0: <laughs> Roberto, you're becoming a like a pro or like a veteran trophy whore at this point, because you've been on like the last what five or six episodes?
2: Yeah sounds like it <laughs> um yeah it's uh, it's going uh, pretty good you got to you know uh, it's it's like the geico commercials you know when you play games you when you're a gamer you play games it's what you do
0: gamer's gonna game
2: yes but uh yeah uh, hi everyone doing okay coming off a good couple of days uh saw the disaster artist on thursday uh been following the game awards and also the psx news especially for the vita Got some uh, cool stuff I got to definitely write up on the site tomorrow, but some uh, really good observations. Uh, I've been playing some good games over the last uh, couple, d- uh, two days, so... Uh, I, feel, and, I feel
0: like we're in overload. With all the news that we have, game awards and whatnot, we're in overload.
2: Yeah, and, it's, it, and and if you're someone who's like really dedicated to PlayStation, there might be a little bit more overload, because in the last 24 hours, uh, for if you are a PlayStation Vita owner, uh, two very... Well, one very revered game. Well, actually, okay, several revered games. One very revered game used to be on the DS, the Nintendo DS, is now making its way to the Vita on Tuesday. It's called Papers, Please. It's making its way to the Vita on Tuesday. Also, there's a a, a oh crap, I forgot the name of the, the the game already. It's in my Steam library, but there's a spaceship shmup coming out for PS4. It's uh really really neat. It's called Super Hydora. There's also a read-only 2064 now on the Vita. There's even a, a Stardew Valley coming to the handheld as well. And even Square Enix is bringing back a, a JRPG from the SNES era for the Vita on December 15th. So it's like Christmas came a little early, <laughs> if, you're, uh, if you're in my neck of the woods in that regard.
0: And Christmas is almost here, but before we get to Christmas, we got to go over our updated trophy counts. So since Tricky is not here to host this week, I'll start with him first. He's level 33. His total trophy count is 8,423, and as we all know, he loves to brag that he has more trophies and he's a higher level than anyone else. His platinum count, though, is ranks second to mine, and actually, someone else on the show is about to catch him. Uh, his platinum count is 79. I'm sitting sitting nice and pretty at level 30. I have 6,425 total trophies, and I have 94 platinums in 93 games, which means I am the alpha male of the show Yield, it's been a while. What's your updated trophy count?
1: I am still sitting at level 25, but I got 4,827 trophies and got two new Platinums since I was last on the show. I am currently at 73.
0: Very nice. Uh, I believe we'll get to the those Platinums in what you've been playing? Yes. All right. Well, and we'll also do... Well, Roberto, before we get into Steven Sid... What's your current trophy count?
2: Alright, level 34 at 85%, 10,476, 31 platinum, 388 gold, 1,680 silver, and three eight thousand 8,377
0: uh, bronze. I So I am mistaken. I, apparently there needs to be a correction, because Tricky at level 33 is not the highest. Roberto at 34 is, so suck it Tricky. <laughs> for, for the people in the back, suck it Tricky. Alright, so Steve is level 14, he's got a total trophy count of 1,768, and he got a platinum count of 4. Apparently all that advice we gave to Steve way back when has not done him much good because he's still on 4 platinums. Steve, do work! Go to work! And lastly, we have Sid, level recently newly married Sid, married man Sid, the ultimate husband is level twenty-seven. His total trophy count is five thousand eight hundred eighty-seven, and he's got a platinum count of seventy-eight, which means he is one, merely one, platinum trophy behind Tricky Mick. And I think we know that Sid has been banging out the platinum trophies lately. So, Tricky, he gonna catch you. He gonna catch you. But before we get into our topics, before we get too off track, because you know we love to do that here on Trophy Horrors we got to talk about what we've been playing, and I'm dying to find out what yields two new Platinums are.
1: So, uh, I've been playing some Everybody's Golf, been playing some Baseball Riot, Mad Max, Uh, fired up some Starhawk and was trying to knock out some of those trophies, been playing a bunch of Rocket League, was going through some of the, uh, trying to get some of the DLC trophies, Uh, played the Halloween event right before... I uh, shut the internet down and moved, so that was kind of fun. So, I've been kind of getting back into some Rocket League. I've uh, been playing some Horizon Zero Dawn, Trackmania Turbo, played some Mario Kart Double Dash. Oh, I've played a lot of little bit of this and that that I'm probably forgetting about. But my You know, with, two, with Mario
0: ahead. Kart Double Dash, before you go any further... Did you all have like a gathering at the house, like a get together, like a housewarming kind of thing with Homer gets duffed and other people to play Mario Kart?
1: Yes, we did. Uh, it was yesterday. The guys came over, we threw down some Mario Kart and it was some good times. Very nice. And your
0: two new Platinums?
1: My two new Platinums. So I've, uh, been playing dangerous golf, spoke very highly of, of that golf game. And I, uh, uh, had to start over because I had a, uh, Something glitched in my save file, had to start all over, but I got the Platinum and that. And uh, my other Platinum was a game that I said, oh, a few months ago, that I'd get it long before Tricky did. And it looks like I did, because I don't look like his Platinum count has grown any. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn.
0: I believe he actually, he has stated on the show that he has gotten that Platinum. So you might want to check the timestamps on that, because he has actually, in fact...
1: If you believe him, which is is a
0: dangerous game
1: at any turn. I I, I knew at one time you had said, or the last time that I was on the show, you were calling uh, Malarkey that he had not gotten it, and it was not proof. So so I'm basing my statement off of that statement.
0: Okay. Well, according to Tricky, he does have the platinum. I haven't looked at his trophy count to confirm that, but he has said that he's gotten it. So it may be a close race there.
1: Okay, well, you know what? I'll go on PSN Profiles and I'll look him up.
0: While Yield is looking that up, Roberto, sir, what have you been playing?
2: All right, here we go. So, uh, first up, um, on top of my list here, is Time Recoil from 10 Tons LTD, based out of uh, Fidland. 10 Tons LTD is very uh, remarked for making a lot of fun, interesting arcade games, many of which... ...have gone on to the PlayStation 3, PlayStation Vita, and Xbox... ...and all of them are making their way to the Nintendo Switch... ...so for any Switch owners out there... ...you definitely want to get on board. Time Recoil is a twin-stick time shooter... ...with some puzzle elements. You are... ...your name is Alex. You're a woman who suddenly gets uh, warped through time... ...to find out that in the present day... ...the Earth has been completely destroyed... ...it all centered around a man named Mr. Time... ...and his attack on Paris and all the cities... Traveling through time has now given you superpowers, and those superpowers are good for killing a lot of people. So your objective as part of a resistance is to go back in time to the 1970s, basically find Mr. Time and kill him. But before you do that, you have to rescue scientists, kill certain individuals, complete certain objectives. How it works is that each time you start killing a soldier, uh, an enemy bad guy, uh, the the time uh, powers activate, and so the objective is to finish the level... And build that kill streak. Every single enemy eliminated builds uh, initiates time time powers. But each part of the kill streak activates a special power. So at three kills, you can blow through walls. At five kills, you can literally obliterate. Uh, people make them explode, basically like that kid in Looper and uh, the movie Looper. And then also, and then of course, there's uh, like at like seven or eight kills, you can literally freeze time and do all sorts of crazy stuff like Quicksilver. It's a really nice, fun game. These are the same guys that made Neon Chrome and Judge. So if you can't support it, it's a very inexpensive shooter. It's also going to be making its way to the Vita for anybody who wants to uh, get in on that. Next up, we also have a free-to-play game from Jaeger and Greybox Studios called Dreadnought. After spending several months in open beta, Dreadnought is a massive capital-class multiplayer shooter where players pilot capital ships, big vessels, so think Star Destroyers, the Starship Troopers uh, warships, or even the USCC Sulaco. And basically pilot that and blow the crap out of each other. There is a multitude of game modes, onslaught, havoc mode, uh, team deathmatch, team elimination. And of course you get to use a variety of secondary weapons, primary weapons, countermeasures, and uh, all sorts of special uh, attributes. So I started playing that yesterday. Um, I've been been kicking some pretty serious butt out there. Uh, You can launch missiles, you can fire plasma cannons, all sorts of stuff. The game does have microtransactions, but it's not tied to progression. It's just cosmetic, so you're free to download that, play it. There's a full trophy list, so um, I don't know how easy it is to get the Platinum Trophy, but uh, that exists. And finally, finally, um, oh, two more. One is called Let Them Come. That's what I was playing before, uh, coming on the air here. Let Them Come, uh, Giggity, <laughs> is a uh, uh, Rails- You
0: had to fucking go there, didn't you, Roberto? Yep. had to. This is cultural. This is this is a family show, not a very like appropriate family show, but a family show nonetheless. Damn it!
2: (laughs) I had to. I couldn't help it. I couldn't resist. But in any case, it is a the game is a sci-fi arcade shooter. Basically, you're the last man of your squad, and you have a mounted machine gun, so you can't move anywhere. So your objective is to let them come, the alien hordes. The game is done in, like, an ultra-pixelated style, reminiscent of early 1990s video games. It's, uh, basically, you have a machine gun, you have to kill them all, you get, uh, enhanced weapons, enhanced power-ups, you can get lasers, uh, shot grenades, dark matter-type weapons, things of that sort. I was actually trying to face the tentacle monster boss before getting here. There are boss fights in this. It is hard. Um, I did get, like, my, my tentacle whipped into my skull and my head exploded, basically. So, it's a brutal game, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, and then also, um... Sky Force Reloaded, nothing too special with that, but it is a fun game. It's a spaceship. It's a spaceship shmup. uh lots of replay value. It was available on Android and iOS, and uh, they made it for PS4. There are no microtransactions compared to the, the mobile version, but it is a fun shmup where you get to you know fly your ship, blow up tanks and boats and airplanes and bombers and giant helicopters, uh, all in good fun. And uh, yeah, that's that's about it. Um, there's two more games in there, but I'll mention them later.
0: Alright, and I, you know, last week when I came back, I, I kind of did this whole spiel about the games that I've been playing while I was away. Uh, I didn't talk about Horizons Earth on the Frozen Wilds, though, and I will say that I feel like that that expansion added 20-plus hours to my playtime.
1: Oh, and seriously? I, wow, I'm I, I, got I got 110 hours in when I got the Platinum.
0: I think I'm over 70 hours so I'm not quite there yield, but I mean, I feel like it added a substantial amount of time. and the, the actual area you have to explore, I mean it's big once you get in the world and play around, but compared to the rest of the map, it seems really small. but there's a lot of stuff to do in there, side missions, errands, the story missions. So I feel like that content is well worth it. It's more horizons are dawn. I think that it's a fantastic extension of the story that we already have. So I think uh, Guerrilla Games deserves praise yet again for creating a fantastic expansion that is well worth your money and a great addition to the Horizon Zero Dawn universe. And uh, I've also been playing, I mentioned this last week, Uncharted The Lost Legacy. I finished it the other night, I believe... How was
1: that? I, I, I picked that up over Black Friday for 20 bucks.
0: So I finished it on Thursday. I'm doing my crushing mode playthrough right now because to get one trophy, you have to beat it on crushing. So it is... I bought it, too, for Black Friday yield at 20 bucks. so we we are one of the same mind there. Uh, it's really good. Uh, one of the best things, like, I mean, Chloe Frazier, she was always kind of like... I mean, people liked her in Uncharted 2, but I don't think... There was always this tinge of her that was kind of anti-hero, and that maybe there was something underlying, like a darker side that you shouldn't like, but I think you see in this that she's very likable, and a reason why we all kind of grew... She grew on us in Uncharted 2, and so uh chloe and nadine like they again are you know great characters i don't think asav who is the the main villain in this i don't think he's as say good as Lazarvich or as detestable as L- lazarevich but he do, does do some underhanded shit so i mean like they do once again the characters really well you know you want to get to see the bad guy get his comeuppance comeuppance and you come to like chloe more so that's all really fun and good uh you know, for me, like, the one of the best things about this game, I love the the hunting down the treasures, the exploration, the platforming in Uncharted. And I even like the gunplay. I think the gunplay is fun, too. But for me, like, a lot of the set pieces in this game, like, the environments, the locations, like, that's the highlights. And you also get, like, a photo mode in this game, a la Horizon Zero Dawn, although in this game, the one that Naughty Dog's put in this game is far more advanced than the one you got in, in Deep than you would the one you got in Horizon Zero Dawn. So, like, I sat there for, like, minutes on end just taking pictures of the same scene or finding the best angle of, like, a certain statue or, like, Chloe in front of this vista or this, like, waterfall or canyon. So, the game is beautiful. There's a lot of great set pieces in there. The characters are really good. The the, the, the gameplay is really fun. And it's actually, I feel like I topped out. I finished the game in about 11 hours. So, I, uh, I'm not going to say how many chapters. I was about to say how many chapters there are, but that might be, you know, uh, when you get to that last chapter, it might be giving it away. But the game is substantial. Um, you may see the price tag at forty dollars, and it's like, okay, well, th- this is going to be a smaller game, but it's, you know, it's an eleven-hour game, and you're going to want to play again to get all the treasures to beat on crushing. So, you know, at least eleven hours for your playtime.
1: Well, that's on par with all the other Uncharted games.
0: Yeah, but to answer your question, yield it is a a very fun game, and it's a great experience, and it's one that you just keep pushing forward through because you just you just want to see what happens.
1: Awesome. Yeah. So.
0: We have just had an avalanche of news, not just the Game Awards, but PSX, the PlayStation Experience 2017, and one of the the announcements that kind of hits it nostalgia uh, to come from that show was the fact that Sir Daniel and Medieval are coming to the PlayStation 4 via a remaster. When I first saw this news, I thought maybe they were going to do a new game, but this is in fact a remake of the, uh, or a remaster of the game that launched on the PlayStation in 1998. So this is old school, but, you know, we saw Sir Daniel in PlayStation All-Star's Battle Royale. So, I mean, we have clearly seen that, you know, Sony is bringing back a lot of characters from the past. I believe Parappa the Rapper has seen a new release in recent years. So, like, clearly, like, they still can dig from their deep barrier of characters and bring them back every once in a while, even if it's just, just a remaster. So, uh, guys, did either of you play Medieval when you were younger? I I unfortunately did not.
1: Yeah, regrettably, no. no.
0: Well, do you feel like that, you know, having another remaster is a bad thing? Or do you think that this is a case where a lot of people, even our age, didn't play Medieval? Because, you know, you had, at this point in time, it was still PlayStation versus Nintendo 64. Maybe a lot of people didn't have their allegiance to PlayStation until PS2 or PS3. I mean, does it seem like a good idea to bring this type of game back and let people who haven't experienced it play it again? Or play it for the first time, I should say?
1: I've I've never had a problem with anything like that because, you know, like I've I've stated before, you know, I, I missed out on Ratchet and & Clank and Sly Cooper because it was at that time in, in my gaming development where I'm like, oh, those look too kiddish, and I'm past that. So I was going for the more mature games, so to speak. And then when those came out, and you know, you guys have spoken so highly of it, I was like, you know what? Maybe I should play it. And I did, and I missed, and I realized that how much I missed out on such an awesome set of games. So I, I would have to pay a little bit more attention to some more of the trailers. The one that was shown in the link was just more of an announcement trailer. It wasn't. It didn't show any of the remastered gameplay so it would be something i'd be interested in
0: okay roberto is this something you're interested in i mean a lot of times when we you know hear from you it seems like you're playing a lot of smaller like lesser known games kind of more niche games but medieval obviously this is something that speaks to a larger crowd is this something you're interested in oh um absolutely
2: um playstation has an extremely rich history Back in the nineties, uh, for bringing forth content that we are still talking about to this day, that is very beloved and treasured in our hearts. Like that, that's the thing about the nineties. It was a time where people really were working hard to make the game good. To to really focus on what would make a good game. It was a wild west at that point, especially for 3D gaming, and these guys thought of all sorts of imaginative and crazy ways to bring their game forth. And, uh, and personally, me, I grew up on, of course, game, games like Colony Wars, G-Police, uh, Twisted Metal, along with uh, Metal Gear Solid, Air Combat, um, <laughs> Disney's Magical Racing Tour, <laughs> I, 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 I admit to playing that. Um, a couple other ones out there, Spyro, can't forget Spyro and Crash. So with Medieval, um, I did not play this. I, I don't know. Maybe it was just perhaps like at the time I was very fascinated by spaceships and uh, instant action games. I didn't think that maybe perhaps playing something like that was going to really work. Work Like I was the kind of guy who chose the reboot game. There was a video game based off the TV series reboot then Medieval. So um, but I, I you know, it, I, it was always there. Medieval was always there on the store shelves. I saw it and I was like, ah, I'm not too into it. So to see this is fantastic because to me I think that games are all are a piece of history. Every one of them, the good ones, the bad ones, the ones that we debate if they're good or bad, they all tell a story of someone who had an idea to fight the battles that nobody ever could. Okay, I, I couldn't help it I had to go with Avengers there. But anyway, <laughs>
0: Infinity War reference number 1.
2: Yes. <laughs> it's a that ever, these people had the idea to say what would is a game that people would want to play what is a game that would bring people to bet get this system to want to spend time to be immersed into it to really get into this world and react to it and explore to it and and really be a, like become the hero like what what game like how would i design a game like that and i think that medieval along with many others exemplify that so this is great for those that missed out on it you know the back i was one of the lucky bastards that had an N64 and a PS1. There's some people who only had an N64, or maybe they had a PS1, but, like, you know, they can only get, like, one or two games every now and then. So, um this is a great... This is fantastic. I, and I do hope it does give hope that they will resurrect other franchises. If people support this, maybe PlayStation will go and res- resurrect, I mean, I, I said it last week, Syphon Filter or... Oh. um.
1: God I hope so oh
2: yeah
1: yeah 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 yeah, see so- I think
0: I think yield' just shit himself with ac- excitement
1: yeah, no, yeah I, I-, I was I was saying for the longest time until Ben came out and was announcing days gone I thought that's what they were working on was they were working on either a remastered or a rebooted siphon filter for this generation because I think that that would work really well in this generation. Oh hell yeah! And then, and then when they did Days Gone, I'm like, okay, that's cool. I'm totally fine with that, but I'm still holding out hope for that siphon filter reboot. Right, right. As,
2: as I mentioned last week, like the, it was a story with those with that particular franchise of games. It was a story that was like HBO's Homeland, Air Force One, The West Wing, Twenty Four, and the movie Executive Decision with Kurt Russell, all wrapped in a very solid third person shooter that. Was action packed. It was intense, and it was also a little silly. Like you could literally taste people till they lit on a fire. Don't taste exactly. Them, bro. So like it was love it. Just it was just the right thing. Oh, and then another mention movie you mentioned, um, Outbreak with uh D- D- Dustin Hoffman. Uh, that's a really good one to watch if you can. But in any case, um, yeah. So this gives hope. I mean, you know, that like we are in an age now of remasters, um, and a lot of people are starting to reactivate their older ips which i think is great i mean Mega Man is a perfect example which we'll get to in a moment uh we also have the fact that um
0: don't go ruin surprises damn it roberto
2: okay (laughs) um Ah, also fourth wall (laughs) also uh you know square enix mentioned about bringing back some of its franchises with with final fantasy and maybe other stuff that square has up his sleeve that we don't know yet so um those are uh those are uh things to consider there
0: you know, and I will say this: I uh, did not know that I wanted to Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy until we got Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, yeah. and, and we is... all know how much fun I had with that. Plus, shout of the Colossus! You know they they did a, a remaster for the PlayStation three, and they're doing another one for the PS four. And bring it the fuck on! That's what I have to say because yeah. I'm buying that game and, then, and I'm playing it. And Crash it.
2: and Insane Trilogy was a perfect example of where gamers mentalities are uh now in in the culture like i didn't expect it to be as i mean i expected it to be like a great trilogy i mean i'm still working on it but i'm still playing the first game but uh it's it's very good but the sales went through the absolute roof especially in the uk and it's enough to where people were like whoa there's a lot of diehard you know not just crash fans or game fans but just people who who feel very um connected to some of these franchises even the white battle omega collection which came out uh this year was actually pretty good too so um just to just put things into perspective there yeah so um definitely when this i mean i hope we get to see more um if uh when the game comes out hopefully it's really good uh in that case i'm going to encourage everybody to support these guys so we can try and get more uh more of these ips resurrected
0: most definitely, and you know, we, we talked a little bit about Shadow of the Colossus, or I mentioned Shadow of the Colossus and the remake that they're doing, or the remaster, I should say. I keep getting those two words mixed in my dialogue. The remaster that they're they're putting out next year, but there's also there was also an announcement at PSX about The Last Guardian, which was also another Team Eco uh, Sony Japan Studio property. Actually, came out last December, so it's about a year old. How that's actually going to be a PSVR experience uh, starting December twelfth, and uh, I take this from an article on IGN. There will be a PlayStation VR experience for The Last Guardian that lasts about fifteen to twenty minutes, where Trico is a The stand- uh, people will be able to inter- interact, excuse me, with Trico an extend alone experience experience uh, available for free on the PlayStation Store. So you can download that on, starting December 12th, and you do not need to own The Last Guardian in order to download this game and have some fun with Trico for about 15 to 20 minutes. So, uh, they've also announced that the Wipeout Omega Collection, which Roberto just mentioned, is going to be coming to PSVR, which, you know, I've played a lot of, well, I've played quite a bit of Wipeout in the past, and those games are really fast, really fast cars. And it seems like that's a VR game I don't necessarily want to play because it would make me dizzy and make me feel kind of sick.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a very, very blisteringly fast 60 frames per second, 1080p, 4K, hyper futuristic racer that basically set the trail for all futuristic racers later on. Like, uh, read out from 34 Big Productions, and um, uh, this new game that just got announced called Anti Gravitator, which is actually coming out early next uh, year in 2018. So, the VR component might be a little bit strange. Um, there's another futuristic racer game that actually uses the VR very well called Radial G, it's on the PS4 right now. Kind of think of the two uh, levels from F Zero X, and uh, that's kind of what the game is. It's actually pretty good, but in any case, yeah, it's um it might be a little bit overly ambitious. It's it's what I think of when I think of the fact that they're doing a VR update for Zoda the Enders. And how the hell are you going to be slicing mechs at the speed of sound um, with the, that headset on? I have no idea. It could probably work. But in AK, with Wipeout, it could probably work, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, Wipeout, I will say, if you've never played Wipeout before, it's blisteringly fast, as Roberto mentioned, but it's a hard racing game. Like, it's really hard to... Con- for me, it's hard to, at that speed, to control the car. Bouncing and of off just- the walls. Yeah. Bouncing yeah. off the walls, ping-ponging off the walls, bumper cars. It's hard to anticipate the moves you have to make, so that's always been a franchise. I mean, admittedly, for me, that's kind of been a deterrent from playing the games because it's just so hard for me to control the game, so I can only imagine what it's going to be like in VR.
2: Right, and then be thankful that you can bounce off the walls because the original the or originals if you so much as just is your if your wing so much as dense the wall like a little bit of a graze it just stops your craft dead stop right to zero which is just a critical loss if you're in the middle of a race and you're like in first place like it just so much as just bumping into the wall just stops your craft cold in its tracks there are weapons by the way but you gotta get lucky, because, like, they have, I think, the Earthquake weapon, and that, like, wipes everybody out, but...
0: Um... Good, good luck actually aiming weapons and trying to figure yeah. out what your next move is gonna be as far as turning and dodging and stuff.
2: Yeah, the plasma But in the,
0: in the Wipeout games, like, you collect enough damage, and if you get enough damage on your car, like, it knocks you out of the race, right? Or it can, like, destroy your car.
2: I believe so. Um, the, the, I admit that I haven't played that yet, but uh, I will eventually one of these days.
0: Yeah. I, I, I remember... I, I believe I remember... Well... As I remember it, if you hit the wall too many times, you do a severe amount of damage to your car which hinders your ability to win the race. So, which I think would, would you know, signal destruction. But yeah, I mean, the Wipeout games, they're they're fun, but they're also really like unforgiving racing games. So, you have to be super talented at, at kind of arcade
1: racing yes. in order to.
0: And I've played my fair share of Split
1: Second and
0: Blur and Motorstorm, and I'm pretty good at all those. And Wipeout was was something I was never good at.
1: No, you have to be very precise in that game. Every lap.
0: Make every move count, just like people had to make every move count in Bloodborne. Now, we're not saying there's a sequel coming, but a lot of people think, based on From Software teasing their next project at the Game Awards, that they're making Bloodborne 2. Again, I want to say this before everyone shits their pants with excitement, and then blames me when it doesn't come true, because I didn't say that, but people believe that From Software is teasing Bloodborne 2, but they're definitely coming out with a new game, but is it Bloodborne 2? We don't know. And I don't believe, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that I don't think Yield played Bloodborne. I did not either. Roberto?
2: Did, I did not it? play Bloodborne. It's definitely on my backlog. I'm kind of waiting to find that uh, Game of the Year edition on sale so I can play that. Um... However, there were, I, there was a couple of blips on the radar that I was checking, and there, the tagline, Shadows Die Twice, is a tagline referenced very much so in the legendary Tenshu series, leading many to believe this may not be a Bloodborne sequel, but instead a Tenshu game. Now, from what, I, I never played any of the Tenshu games, but from what I understand, they are very, very revered stealth action video games. They um kind of like you know the I don't know I think they start back from the PlayStation days and kind of helped uh, refine the stealth action genre for you know for other uh for other games to take inspiration from. And as a matter of fact, I just picked up a uh, a game that I think is either I think is in that essence. It's actually from Namco Bandai 2, called Shinobito. It's actually a Vita, uh, I don't believe it's on the PS4 or PS3, but it, well, I got it on the Vita, and it's a launch title, it, it came out in 2012, and it's not even listed on the PlayStation Network store, so I can't find out too much about it, other than that it's a stealth action game where you're a ninja, and you use like uh, ninja-type gadgets, uh, all sorts of stuff. And of course, you got your katana, and your objective is to really sneak behind and and, and eliminate your targets. I mean, if you have to go toe to toe in combat, you can. But the idea is to use stealth action and uh, things of that sort. Uh, the Tenshu was actually it's inspired a game called Origami, which came out last year, which was an amazing stealth shaded uh, stealth action game in the spirit of Tenchu. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll have to wait and see. It's it's going to be interesting to see if the dark. Souls-like game uh, genre, if that continues, with the fact that Dark Souls 3 marks the end of the franchise as we know it, and um, I don't know if uh, they're going to go into a sequel for Bloodborne uh, right right now. Maybe they want to wait for the uh, the oceans to clear, and then wait for people to really crave that genre again before going into making a sequel.
0: The Dark Souls games and the Demon Souls games, like that entire franchise or line of games, has never appealed to me. I like Challenge, but... I, I, I don't know, like, I just see those games and I'm just like, nope. Like, it just seems like, at least the first game, the first game was Demon Souls, and it seems like they, that game was just made for you to, to frustrate you and make you lose.
2: Yeah, it's it's tough because it's, uh, difficulty is a matter of of finding that balance of of, you know, being hard, but then, of course, giving you that essence of one more time maybe you know i lost but i know what i did wrong i know what i have to do i just have to keep working at it and then just of course after all that the sweet satisfying element of victory whereas the souls games the bloodborne games can be turn offs because these games they kill you the moment you they, they you the moment you install the game it just it kills you. It's just the the the, the disc flies out of the, the console and just decapitates you.
0: <laughs>
2: That's like how brutal these games apparently are. They just they, it's like real
0: sadistic, life Mortal Kombat.
2: Yeah, like masochistic, sadistic type of design. But at the same time, it you know it can be referred to that maybe perhaps it did introduce the idea of difficulty setting back into the world of games and. The fact at the time when *Dark* uh, *Demon Souls* had come out in two thousand nine, a lot of games were auto aim, auto heal, uh, auto this, auto that. I mean, sure, there was the rare exceptions like *BioShock* where you know there's a book where you know you you don't just auto heal, you have to get the health packs. But then there was just the fact that many of the big games were just um, maybe they held your hand too much. So this was a game that didn't hold your hand and stabs you really on sight. So. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, I, I'm going to hold firm to the fact that it is a Tenchu or, uh, types thing because of the fact that if you look at that trick teaser again, uh, beyond the bloody sword hilt, you'll see Japanese writing in the back, like inky, bloody Japanese writing. And I, I, I don't remember the website. I think it was, uh, dual shockers or PlayStation lifestyle that highlighted and compared the, um, the uh the, the the japanese writing to another game i think to one of the tenchu games and that's how they were able to find out what was uh they were able to find out what um that give reason to believe if, if that was uh, a tenchu game per- perhaps but uh yeah that's uh that's my observations there
0: yeah uh apparently in demon souls game fatality you so
2: yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah i mean it's 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 quite a legacy that's that that game's going to be leaving behind, too, with the, with the fact that the servers are shutting down. We covered that last week. So, um, like I said, I think that with um, the, this franchise inspired a lot of games for in terms of difficulty and movement. There was actually... A, um, oh, shoot. There was actually... Let me see if I can pull it up on my PlayStation 4 here. There was another game that was actually in the spirit of that that was not as dark and bloody, but still pretty uh, intense. Let me see if I can find it. Hang on. It began with an N, and I played it at PAX. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Okay, Numantia, Neptune, Twin Robots, The Surge, Eve, Valkyrie.
0: I'm just gonna go ahead and throw a Neo.
2: It it was Necro something. Oh my god. Ah! I don't remember the name of the game. But it was actually really good because it it took the spirit of Dark Souls and Demon Souls, and it was done in like a polygonal... Not polygonal, but like a cel-shaded sense, and it wasn't as bloody and stuff like that, so... It was uh, it was pretty good. Um, we can move on to the next topic, and then I'll 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 be able to pull it up. I mean, I can try for just thirty more seconds. Oh my god, it it wasn't. I want to say it was called Necrobarista, but that's not. It, but it isn't because Necrobarista is actually a visual novel game. Um,
0: so I'm I'm gonna throw this out there real quick, Roberto, while you're doing some some fast research. Yeah, wouldn't it be great if From Software moved on from Dark Souls and Demon Souls? And instead of doing Bloodborne, went to, like, this, like, cell shaded like, super happy anthropomorphic platformer a la, like, Banjo-Kazooie or Sly Cooper or Ratchet & Clank. Like, just something completely, like, opposite of what they have done. Or, perhaps even better, like what Gorilla Games did when jumping from uh, Killzone to Horizon. Like, I would actually want to see that. I want to yeah. see them do something almost completely opposite of what they have been doing.
2: Well, like, I'd have to say that right now, the we we really need more cyberpunk stories. We could use more anthropomorphic stories. I know people get a little bit creeped out with the word anthro because you think of the furry fandoms and things like that. But I'll tell you that it's a very creative fandom, and, like, it's it, it, if you really can um, turn that into a game, like, that's really good. There's actually a guy that I'm following. And he goes to all those conventions, and he's actually building a visual novel. I forgot the name of it, but um, he's really f- dedicated to that. And, uh, okay, still working forward to getting that game. But anyway, uh, we could definitely use more um, more of those kind of realized worlds. Um, like I said, la- a couple weeks ago, you heard me play, I-, I was playing Valhalla. And it's a visual novel, but what I liked about the game is it really is a very unique, very bright kind of a setting despite this dystopic city situation, it's a game that you have all sorts of different characters. You have an Android who's a sex worker. You have another one who is uh, 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 like a diva. You've got a hacker. um, And then of course you've got like a police officer, law enforcement, white knight or, or Valkyrie chronicle, no Valkyrie soldier that works in there. And you got like all these conversations going on. It's very cool conversations, nothing complicated, nothing, intense nothing violent or imminent just you know how life is in this war- dystopic city and i would love to see more of that in games i mean not i mean day x doesn't have to be the only game in that genre it can be just about um any game out there whether it's an fps uh, an rpg a turn-based rpg just to see just to to, to maneuver what you can do in that setting even like on Tuesday, I was playing a game that came out a few years ago called Frozen Synapse Prime. It was a, a like a kind of a combination between a turn based and a real time strategy game where you're maneuvering your, your soldiers in this like in basically in setups and buildings to try and fight back and take back the city. And while there's no voice acting, the fact that it takes place in this cool, futuristic city and the fact that there's uh, all this stuff going on with, with you know, everything in the city from city from college students to um to um, politicians, and you know, it's up to you to kind of figure things out. I think that it's just it's really neat just to see it come forward and see it like you know come to fruition. Uh, so I, I would love to see that. But like you said, with the anthropomorphic side stuff, I would love to see more of it. I mean, I think like for example, Nintendo is missing out on a massive uh, opportunity to create like a Rebel Gal, uh, an Elite Dangerous inspired Star Fox game. I mean, you're talking about a universe where uh, a bunch of anthropomorphized creatures are shooting each other in spaceships. Why haven't we had Elite Dangerous with Star Fox? Why haven't we had more of that, you know, um, or or more of that realized? Uh, it's like, it's, I feel that that's a missed opportunity just because you can just do different things. And it's cool to have a good fantasy or a cool fantasy where you have, you know, anthropomorphized creatures just doing things and like living like humans, but they, you know, they're, they're animals. So... Um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a weird, it's a very weird, but very, that's another fresh, uh, ocean there to dive into. And anyway, so, well um,
0: I'm going to go ahead and stop you there because we got something serious to talk about. By the way,
2: last thought, thought. So I found the game. I found the game. Uh, it's called Necropolis. It's, uh, it's, it's like demon and dark souls, but it's, it's done in like a polygonal texture type thing. It's uh, it's it's not as hard as Dark Dark Souls, but it's something good if you have not, if you're if if you've been uh like on the fence about that. It's a little colorful too, so uh, yeah, that there there we go. I just wanted to keep, uh, get that thought out. Okay, we're good. It's Let's funny that
0: you're talking about ne- Necropolis and Demon Souls and the dead, because we're getting ready to t- to switch to a topic that is just as unpleasant, and that's the undead, because it has been revealed at the Game Awards that World War Z which, you know, that Paramount movie starring the hunky Brad Pitt is getting a video game. So it's going to be a four-player co-op game and uh, take this from IGN. Uh, It features survivor stories from around the world, including New York, Moscow, and Jerusalem. And let's be honest, if you've seen World War Z, you know how awesome and terrifying the scene in Jerusalem is, as well as how terrifying the scene is on the airplane. I think those are like the two best scenes in the movie. Uh, certainly, like, breathtaking, heart-stopping action. But yeah, so, World War Z is getting a video game. It's gonna be a co-op game. Now, I am admittedly, uh, you know, ready to shrug off any zombie game, because, quite frankly, we've had Left for Dead, we've had the co-op zombie shooter. I know that this is based on a- another property, but, quite frankly, like, have we not done zombie shooters to death? I mean, there's a zombie mode in, like, you know, war games, game. like, Call of Duty and such. And I just feel like we've gone way beyond. Like, you know, we had our fill of vampires after the Twilight series. And I feel like we've recognized that we've had our fill of zombies, but yet it never stops. Like, it's never going to stop because The Walking Dead is still a thing. They're going to do a crossover with Fear the Walking Dead. And, you know, we're getting a World War Z game. It's just to past the point of saturation where it's like, have we now gone back to a point where people now want more zombie games
1: after being filled with too many zombie games before? Only only the sales will tell because you know, you still got Days Gone coming out, you know, probably early next year. And now you've got World War Z. So,
2: and I yeah. think that it's a matter of it's never the genre, it's how you do it. I mean, sure, there's some some good zombie games. There's bad zombie games. Like, I got a game called Viking Zombies. I haven't played it yet, but it's zombies with vikings. And the fact that, you, I guess, you're going to be fighting the undead as the undead. And then, of course, you get, you know, not-so-good zombie games that, you know, just kind of just slap on the whole of a zombie thing and just take advantage of it. And I think that World War Z is a little different because it's... On a global scale. It's not just isolated to a bunch of people who get lost in the woods and they have nothing to do and they don't know how they're going to take care of this whole situation. It's like on a global scale. And I did see the movie and I very much enjoyed it with the fact that it did deal with things of not just the fact that there's zombies taking over the world, but the fact that nature is one of the, is a very perfectly evolved killing machine. And just somehow it evolved this virus that infected people and turned them into crazed zombies which quickly spread to other people and they had to figure out how to not just figure out the zombie apocalypse but also how to like how to research this on a microbiological level and i won't spoil it because i think the game the movie's still fresh and it's definitely worth watching if you haven't seen it yet
3: so you know, I
0: think I, for this game, but more important than anything, I mean, the gameplay is important. But I think the story, if anything, is going to carry this yeah. game through.
1: Well, and, and being co-op, it it it's got to work. It's got to work well with, with, with being a, a co-op game. I mean, you got to have a good story. But if if you can't couch co-op or be able to hook up online right. and it work well, it it'll just get that oh, it's another zombie game title.
2: Right, it, I think that definitely the story has to be very distinct. It has to be like what will set this apart from, let's say, the Walking Dead video games. Not that it's gonna be. It, I mean, of course, it will be the fact that it's gonna be more of a an action type of deal. It's not gonna be just a telltale you make choices and the choices stick with you type deal. But what is gonna, but considering that this is on a global scale and you're gonna be going to all sorts of like terrifying locations where the, the zombies have have uh festered. What is it going to set it apart? So hopefully the combat is going to be pretty neat. Maybe it'll involve different ideas that could be involved if you are a part of the, the military trying to take care of the situation. Uh, it could also involve um, what kind of, like, if there's going to be perks, if there's going to be buffs, if there's going to be different classes. Is there going to be maybe like a futuristic style put onto it? Maybe are you going to get like an exosuit? So those are some ideas that might be spinning around right now. Uh, as the game continue, you know, continues to turn into develop, um, it's gonna be like that's that. I think that's what's gonna really set the game apart from just every other zombie shooter. Um, w- worth noting, just on a similar note, a game did come out of left field, and I don't know if it's good or not. There's actually a Planet of the Apes video game currently available on PlayStation Four that I think takes place after the last movie. Um, so uh, I don't know much about that one but just throwing that
0: out there all right well it seems like the zombie craze just like the zombie themselves cannot be killed and we are due for zombie game after zombie tv show after zombie movie i mean i guess if the sales are there keep going for it but yeah i mean like this is just admittedly this is one game i can't get excited for but if they if they do it well and they make a good story, then I, I hope it sells well because, you know, anything that they put the effort into and have a good story for, I can definitely support with at least with my uh well, I kinda of box myself in a corner here with my support. That that makes very little sense, well, but I hope you all know what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm gonna keep an eye on it because I I am I am always a fan of the Couch Co op games. And I, I feel that it's starting to become like a dying genre. You know, you know, games that you can, you know, hook up online w- w- with your friends. And I'll point out uh, Ratchet & Clank All For One where everybody could get together and play together, you know, on a level or play together, you know, couch co-op. And I like that for when, you know, you got some friends over to sit down, hey, let's play this game together. So I'm, I'm hoping it works just for that aspect.
2: Yeah, and i not no, I will say that, um, it you know in this age of multiplayer and everything, I hope that no one loses sight that couch co-op is still a very good thing to have in your game. It's still a very viable thing for every every single person out there with siblings, friends, in dorm rooms, college apartments, um, or even just partying get-togethers. The other day, I actually had some friends over, and we were playing uh, a bunch of games. Like I played JS Stars Plus, which is the uh, Super Smash Brothers but with anime, and then also I played. Judge and a couple of other games, and it was just great to have another player in that in in the same room as me playing alongside. That hasn't happened in a long time, not really since my college days. So um, I would like to say that if they do go and, and pursue this, yes, definitely throw in split screen zombie co op. Um, definitely make sure that there's an online community if they're going to make it online. Just get definitely you know get that togetherness thing going, especially like of of no is the fact that we haven't had a Left 4 Dead 3, and I don't think it's going to happen, ever. So, maybe, I'm not saying that it's going to fill the void, but, like I said, once again, if it's done right, it could.
0: Yeah, Left 4 Dead 3, I think that's something that they, I mean, they they did Left 4 Dead 2, and it's been such a long time since Left 4 Dead 2 that I think that uh, they're kind of leaving that one as as is. Maybe, I don't know. Like I said, I feel like there's such a saturation of zombies that someone like Valve would want to go to something else and... And show their abilities off somewhere else. So
2: right, well, they kind of are. They're making some kind of like card game, with microtransactions. I forgot what it's called. Yeah, I think Gabe Newell had unveiled it over the summer or something. Like one of those weird like Hearthstone type things. I, I'm not too sure.
1: Not 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 boo the uh, card game. Boo microtransactions.
2: Yeah, yeah, that one of those things. Um. <laughs> But then, of course, like, Valve... I I don't know. I think we're going to get some... We'll have to wait and see, because remember, one of the biggest myths that was debunked in 2017 was that one of the writers wrote how Half-Life would have ended, but he changed the names to avoid copyright um, DMC takedown, and he uploaded that online. So it's, like, probably indicative of that. Maybe Valve is just literally just steamed now at this point.
0: Yeah, and it seems like right now... On this agenda, we're in like a block of horror games because the next game that we need to talk about or the next franchise we need to talk about is Outlast. And it's been confirmed uh, by Red Barrels that Outlast 3 is going to be made and released at some point. They don't really have a release date, but they've just confirmed that they're going to make it. And they announced that the franchise is going to be coming to uh, Switch in the first quarter of 2018. Additionally, they are making a brand new project in the Out- Outlast universe, which is not a direct sequel to either Outlast or Outlast Two. So, Outlast Three franchise is coming to the Switch, and we're getting a, a new game in the Outlast universe, which is not a direct sequel to the previous games. So, if you like Outlast, there's a ton of shit coming your way. And I know it was on sale, I believe, for the Halloween or the Halloween sales, um, the weeks that they did that, and. Never played Outlast, didn't pick it up. Uh, please tell me. I, I think I know Yield well enough now to know that this is not a game that he has played. Yield, am I correct in my assumption there? We've been recording way too long together. You when are When I can correct. guess which games you yet. have played and which games you have not.
1: Yes, we have.
0: It's almost like we're housemates, but we're like hundreds of miles away. Yes, you are. Weird connection. Roberto, There, there is nothing awkward we're about man love.
2: Awkward. Yes. I have not played Outlast either. Right. There is nothing. It's you haven't played
1: it either? Wow. We're, we're, we're batting a 1,000 for games none of us have played tonight.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've been meaning to. I just haven't gotten around to it. Um, as I mean, I was going to, like, and plus the other thing is the hard drive space. I think Tricky mentioned about getting some kind of an HDD expander or something for 100 bucks, but I just need, I don't know where, and I just want to do my homework. Before I, get what, I love how none it, of us have played really any of these games, like but
0: games. yet we can somehow manage to talk a shitstorm up about everything. That's, that's, yes, yes, we can bull, it's like the the kids who could bullshit it's their way through a, like an essay test in high school. That's what we're doing our, right now. We are pros at bullshitting. And oh my god, yeah.
2: that That's... Or like how people can eat and not gain any weight, but you so much as think as food and you gain five pounds. Like people that are out there you have no idea how fortunate and lucky you are. You are blessed yes,
1: by blessed. the gods themselves. By the gods? Maybe the Olympians?
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Well I think I, I think we've outlasted this topic.
2: <laughs> um yeah. But uh, any case. Um yeah, I mean that's definitely something I'm hoping to, to get a hold of. Like I said, I just need to get like though that external HDD drive or something from somewhere, and uh, just hopefully it doesn't break my system. But you know, because I'm already banking like I have a two terabyte hard drive that I upgraded shortly after I got the PS4, and I'm already like, it, I have this annoying thing, and I'm sure everyone can can agree with me. It, it like you install stuff right, and then there's a hundred gigs left, and it will not install anything after those one hundred gigs. It refuses to do that. And it's 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 terribly annoying. I don't know how to like deactivate that if I can.
1: No. I still buy everything physical.
2: But yeah, like same here. So it's just uh but like once if you install something that's say ten gigs and you have hundred and one gigs left in your hard drive, it will not do it. It'll say there's not enough data left on the hard drive.
1: And it's like this,
0: not Does Sony
1: still do that thing where you gotta like double install it? Um because remember they had that with the three you know if if it said the game was 20 gigs you really needed 40 um
2: that 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 depends i mean i i know what you're cutting out because that used to happen on the ps3 um i think they still have some issues because for example 2064 read-only memories just came out surprisingly on the vita yesterday and the game is i think actually two gigs but the download rate or at least that's what was listed but the download was actually one thousand three hundred megabytes, something like that. So um, I think there's still a little bit of a, there's just something there with that. Um, it depends also because like the other thing they don't factor in is just the updates. So um, like especially certainly not on like, Yields Destiny internet for the first time. Oh man, you're not playing that right there right away. So um,
0: sir, you have hamsters, well, you no, you to have four hamsters. Four yeah, was hamsters. Well,
1: now maybe
0: you have four hamsters and. A thoroughbred horse pulling that wheel. Yeah. It's all right. You come to Kentucky. We've got all the thoroughbreds you need.
1: Oh, well, no. No, sorry. That's a... That,
0: nice. Or just anytime you want to just come down and play some true. Mario Kart.
1: If I ever want to play Destiny, I'll be
2: down there. Well, I was going to also... Ooh. I was going to recommend there's a kid somewhere who I think converted a bus to run on McDonald's French fry oil so many years ago, and now he has a car that, that, that can start up on that. So maybe just
0: maybe you need to dump coffee know, on your console. Like you should, maybe that'll maybe help. Maybe your
2: internet just needs uh, caffeine. McDonald's don't, don't yeah
0: don't fucking do that. No one throw coffee on their their game console. Yeah, caffeine. I don't caffeine want angry letters about that shit. A fefe. Yeah. Well, for anyone who was angry about DMC the remake by music theory, we're in the yeah
2: eight- <laughs> I guess I should Word say the year. reboot
0: of the beloved Capcom franchise. If you bitched about that, well, you will be happy to know that they, the H, the Devil May Cry HD collection is coming to PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC on March 13, 2018, so you can go back and play Dante's Adventures as the Dante of your dreams. So.
2: And, yeah, uh, okay, so, I'm glad that's happening. But I think, I don't know about you guys, but DMC 2013 was awesome. The The Ninja Theory one. That was, that shit was great. I, I really had a great time with it. And it's just, you, you have to be in another mentality to just take a game that looks so good and played so well. But be so bitter because of the character design that you not only refuse to play the game you continuously selling threats and stuff to the studio. As a matter of fact, if you you want to look this up right now on Game Informer, when the game came out, there was actually a petition that was signed, but not on Change.org. No, that didn't really happen yet. I'm talking the United States government. That's right. Game Informer on launch day discovered a petition since on WhiteHouse.gov to the Obama administration, condemning, condemning Devil May Cry 2013 from Ninja Theory, saying that it was it was very anti-consumerist and not fair to the American consumer. By the time it got taken down off of the WhiteHouse.gov, it had accumulated 47 signatures. To, to know that there's a human being who decides to ignore everything happening in the world and write up this big petition... To, to tell president obama and joy bot biden to stop the sale of 2013 Devil May Cry is to just is to describe let's
1: just,
2: you know instead of looking at it as they took the time to
0: do that humans, let's look at the point that they don't, they don't have a understand future or something at a basic I just, level how oh my our God. <laughs> government works and the powers of our executive office as well as how our economic system works like how how about that Although, let's be honest, if that's one of your priorities in the world, is bitching about Ninja Theory's DMC, which, by the way, I will say again and again, right. is a fantastic game. Yeah, it's that's, fun. That's that, it plays exactly. really well. It's exciting. Like, it's great. So if that's what you have to do with your time, if that's your, if that's your foremost concern, there's probably a lot worse things you could be doing with your time. So maybe we want you to sit in your house yeah. and on your computer typing away and staying just away, the fuck away from the rest of us. Because listeners, there is one thing that I have a very
2: little patience for. If you have a lot of time to do that, you don't have time for drugs. It annoys me. It offends me to my
0: (laughs) deepest sense. Like it is, I can't fucking deal with it. I can't. So yeah.
2: Right. It's it's yeah. But on that note, well, um, it's good that they brought they're bringing back the original three. Just keep in mind that number two is widely regarded as the worst sequel of all time, uh, or one of the worst sequels of all time, uh, for reasons I, I, I never played the sequel, so um, I have no idea, but uh, that, so just keep that in mind, if, if you have are playing this for the first time, do not get discouraged by number two, because number two apparently is regarded as one of the worst sequels. game sequels. Yeah. Um, number three redeemed it, number four set things a couple... Set things back so it
0: seems like, um, from what you're saying, Roberto, it wasn't great, but it is wasn't that bad. DMC, on the DMC, list of actual good Devil cry games, a, Devil ranks cry towards the sense. top, because 2 was a flaming turd, and then 4 wasn't that great. So, you had 1 and 3 which were good, but out of 4 games, 50% ain't that great. Even in the American school system, that's failing.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean I I'm I'm one of those guys that like I admit when I play games I'm not very critical. Like a game has to be fundamentally outright Broken? Yeah, for me to like be pissed at it. There was actually and I've encountered those. There was a game that I played on the PSP, it was like a PSP mini, it was like a Grand Theft Auto knockoff. And it's like when you turn your PSP on standby, you fail the mission. And I was like, I can't play this. I I I can't believe I wasted two or three dollars just on this game. This sucks. So, um, there's, you know, there's that, and, um, so there's, a, like, there's, there's games that are, that do exist. There's even a PlayStation 4 game called Yorby Playbacks of Bolt, and I wish to God I had, I, I did not spend money on that. It, it looked like a, it was a third person, like, robot shooter, it looked kind of cool, and that game sucked. I still wish to this day I did not have... The, the motivation to buy that game. That's $3 I could have spent on coffee. But in any case, um, you know, I'm sure the sequel isn't that bad, but it's just, it critically was widely regarded as one of the worst sequels ever. And also was the fact that um, number three kind of redeemed a couple things, but it was, a, it was a prequel. And then number four had better, it had good action and shooting, but the game had one of the most redundant level designs. Um, I saw a review about it So you go through all these levels and all that in this castle and stuff, I think as Dante, to get this other character. And then you get to the other character in this castle, I think, and then you fight him. And then for the rest of the game, you're this other character. And then you backtrack through the entire game back to all the zones that you went through as this other character. And it just, it it, it breaks people's brains. It's just how, like... Fuck, I it had doesn't a, make any I had sense I was
0: gonna say but yeah
2: yeah so but then with with DMC like just to re- re- reminiscing on that the game had a fantastic presentation uh a great combination between uh Kami Christ and Noisa for music I bought the soundtrack I still listen to the soundtracks when I go to the gym. The visuals were absolutely in- in- incredible. One of my favorite parts in that game was you're facing the uh, the newscaster. The, you know, there's a newscaster in the game who, in the real world, he's a human, and he's like, he's basically Fox News. He's like, I'm just doing God's work. I'm just doing God's, or you know, like reporting on like you know taking down rebels and all that. But then in the demon world, he's a demon, but he's like a, uh, like a digital information demon. So you're fighting. And a level that's made out of all those like n- news ticker tape things and and colors and he's just a giant viral head in the middle with like with 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 images and and pictures and all that stuff and you have to like he sends like waves of information at you and you have to fight him and it's still to me one of the best and coolest boss fights I I, I still remember that and definitely in the game like the whole game has great boss fights so um, it was just a very well realized game. And once again, just I would recommend that. So there is a definitive edition that's available right now at GameStop. You can probably get for like 20 bucks for PS4 and Xbox One, and I highly recommend that because it actually has 60 frames per second uh, gameplay and also a bunch of new features that weren't featured in the PS3 release, including Nightmare Mode. So if you get hit once, you're dead uh, for anybody who's willing to give that a try.
0: Yeah. Well, folks, I think the, the theme of this show... And especially of the Game Awards and PSX is remaster, 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 sequel, 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 because it has been revealed that Tomb Raider is getting yet another game. Which I'm Uh, fine with that. New Tomb Raider game.
1: I'm fine with that. Tomb Raider. The Tomb Raider reboot was absolutely amazing. And 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 I have I have uh, uh, the second one in my backlog to play. Okay.
0: Well, I mean, very, like, I started the, the Tomb Raider reboot, and, you know, I liked what I played, I got maybe an hour into it, and just didn't, didn't <laughs> play anymore. You should, um,
1: so amazing.
0: Yeah, well, Yield, I I have a very small backlog, but that is unfortunately one that has been buried for quite some time. So yeah, so we are basically getting teased with, there's a new game coming, but the reveal will not happen until a major event in 2018, so... Square Enix is keeping very mum on that, um, but of course they, you know, uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider, both very well received, and the series as a whole has always been a favorite of PlayStation owners. So, quite frankly, I think that this is a very welcome, even though it's yet another sequel and kind of indicative of how the industry is as a whole these days, where you find something and it you works, s- you stick to and it, it, works and it works. And it, it, you know, it works until you you break everything. But until that happens, you know, the Tomb Raider games of recent memory have been quite good, and, you know, it's it's been kind of amazing because someone like Sonic from the old days, where you see them trying again and again and again to reinvent Sonic and then go back to the well to what worked, and it, it makes you feel like we've all heard those stories about people saying how Sonic needs to go away, and... Square Enix has successfully reinvented, you know, Lara Croft and the Tomb Raider franchise, which was on the original PlayStation back in the mid-90s, and for them to be able to do that, it's just quite incredible. Um, You know, I definitely think that, you know, Uncharted took from Tomb Raider, but also even the little bit that I played from the Tomb Raider reboot, it seems like they took some from Uncharted, and it's funny how those franchises kind of fed off each other, especially how everyone, like, described Uncharted as like Indiana Jones Tomb Raider.
1: Well, that's exactly what. That's how I thought it was. It was, you know, Uncharted out Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider, and then Tomb Raider reinvents itself and kind of take.
0: Don't you dare say no, out Uncharted, no, they didn't Uncharted,
1: Uncharted, Uncharted. But they took some of the ideas that Uncharted implemented and used it in their game.
0: Which is never a bad thing. Obviously, that is what has made so many successful games within the game industry is that people iterate and iterate and iterate, and then other people borrow from those ideas or those mechanics and implement in their games, often improving and the expanding on it, yeah. and help improving their games.
2: Sorry, Roberto, what was that? Oh, I didn't say anything, but just to inject um, uh, with the with Tomb Raider and stuff, I think that's. Uh, I think the only real thing that we have to be concerned of is 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 if it, is it, is the game going to exist merely to support the movie? Is it going to be tied in, or is it going to be a, its own new big installment coming off the
0: second uh, Tomb Raider game? If Square Enix is smart, um, and there, I, I believe they have there have been rumors that the uh, the new Tomb Raider game. Is going to be called. Um, sorry, let me let me pull
1: up the article uh, right here. Shadow of the Tomb Raider.
0: Yes, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. What is the movie just going to be called Tomb Raider?
1: Yes, it's
2: it's going to be based off. So, oh, sorry to movie, cut you off, but it's going to be based off the uh, the 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 first Lara Crofts, the um, the 2013 one.
0: So for for them to kind of base this game off a game they've already made. And, like, the movie, based on that game, kind of, like, it'd be almost like them making a game or, like, rebooting the series, like, midway through and kind of erasing uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider. Okay. Well, maybe that didn't didn't make sense. So, the movie's going to be based on the game from 2013, so it would make most sense for them to make a direct sequel to Rise of the Tomb Raider with uh, this new one. Because if they're going to be basing this game off the movie, they're basically basing it off the first game in the series, which makes no sense.
2: Right, I mean just to put things in, in, into a bit of a perspective, um, <gasps> I know this is a different company, just to, just thinking about it, but in 2010 they, uh, this was the last uh, Prince of Persia game we saw, as a matter of fact, there was a Prince of Persia video game called Prince of Persia The Forgotten Sands, and it was actually uh Fortunately, it was it was not necessarily tied into the movie coming out that year with Jake Gyllenhaal. It was a standalone game, but it was made kind of to help promote both the game and the film. It was actually an interquel with uh, between the first Prince of Persia video game and Prince of Persia Warrior Within. So, part of me thinks hopefully it's not going to be so much like that. not that Forgotten Sands was bad. It was actually made using the Assassin's Creed engine. The combat was really good, but it was like. It's a game that you can dedicate to a week to, and then you platinum it. Uh, that was actually one of my platinum trophies for uh, back in the day, and uh, so hopefully this new Tomb Raider isn't is no nothing like that. Like hopefully it's just a, you know we we you know we timed it so that it would help ride the wave of the movie without it being based on the movie and having like those kind of
0: issues. I don't think it's a bad idea to drum up support with either a movie or a game, but I think in this situation where we can clearly see, we can state confidently that you know they've seen such success with these games that they're going to do a direct sequel to Rise of the Tomb Raider instead of trying to tie this in directly to the movie.
1: Um, see, I would prefer to see, you know, I've I've already played the reboot, and and as I said I loved it I would prefer to see the movie not base their story off the reboot but just do do a totally different story
0: so basically Yield you don't want to see the same story again because you've already played through it you want to see something completely different
1: exactly I mean I I, I, I'm not opposed to a you know a Tomb Raider movie Laura Croft just do your own story. If, if you want to collaborate with the writers of the games and, and have like uh, items from the game's past or nods towards this or that environment or what happened, you know, those little Easter eggs, that's really cool because you're in the same universe but just do something totally new.
0: I think we can all respect that. And I think we can always respect when a developer and publisher decide to delay a game in order for to make it better and spend more time developing it. Uh, Ubisoft has announced that Far Cry 5 and The Crew 2 have both been delayed. Far Cry 5 will come out a month later than it was scheduled on March 27th of next year. And The Crew will be released sometime in the first half of 2018-2019 fiscal year. Uh, rather than March 16th, 2018. So, uh, from the article, well, from the article on IGN, I just kind of want to clear for, you know, because calendar years and fiscal years don't always meet up. Uh, no. where they never meet up. But uh, fiscal years run from April 1st, th- 2018 um, to March 1st, 2019, March 31st, 2019. So the game would fall, uh, supposedly, somewhere... Uh, in the first half of that year, so between uh, up to six months from the original release
4: date,
1: which I'm fine with that, only because one, I'm I'm fine with with developers coming out and and going, you know, we need to polish the game a little bit more, and also I both of those series are in my backlog to pick up and play, so it just gives me more time to get to them. But uh, the Alex and I were talking before we recorded. It's it's almost becoming common for a developer to come out and go, Hey, our game is releasing December of twenty seventeen. And then we roll to about August or October, maybe not even that close, and we go, you know what? We're gonna push it back. It's like, well, you know what? Don't don't give me a set release date. Give me a window. And then when you get into that window, you can either set a firm release date or go, you know what? We need to widen this window a little bit because we're not quite there. Because anymore, anymore anybody sees a firm release date and what do we all go? That's going to get delayed.
0: Yeah, I mean, 2K Games is kind of, well, I shouldn't say notorious, but they are known to pull back their games if necessary. You know, with Red Dead Redemption and the BioShock, Bioshock series, we've all seen delays for those. And it's always worked out well for them because they just make really good games or they release really good games. So, I, I you know, I've always been of the mind where if you need more time to make a game, then make the game. Yield, uh, you might have to help... Sorry. If you need more time to make the game great, take the time to make the game great. And Yield, you might need to help me with this because I think that you've quoted this on the show before. I believe it was a Nintendo executive and maybe it was Shigeru Miyamoto where he said a bad game yes. is forever.
1: You, you. you yes. I believe that was Shikido. Yeah, a, a so. bad game is forever. So we, we've and we, we've said this before on the show, just like just like you just said, Alex, that none of us have a problem if you pull the game and you're you you found flaws in your game that you need to address. And if we launch it, if we we won't be able to fix it before launch, so we need to push back the launch so that way we can fix it. I none of us have a problem with that. But if you uh rush a game and have issues with it, it it's hard to recover those initial sales because everybody has a a uh a bad taste in their mouths. I, I point to a game recently that I was somewhat interested in, uh uh Raid, World War II. Um it was uh it's a shooter. World War II shooter made by the people I'm drawing a blank on the developer, but people who made uh, Why am I drawing a blank on that? Payday!
2: Right, Starbreeze and Overkill Software.
1: Yeah. And I was like, awesome, World War II that's my genre. What I saw of gameplay trailers and, and some demos that people were doing. Oh, this looks like fun! And when it launched I guess from some of the reviews I've read and people commenting from other sites is that it bombed it. Like even the patch didn't fix it. And it's just like, Oh, like I wanted to buy it cause it looks so cool, but everybody says it's broke. And, 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 and that hesitates yeah, I mean, me from buying something that, that, that genre is in my wheelhouse.
0: Well, I mean, the thing is like one bad game doesn't just hurt that game. It can hurt that series because sometimes like series or, and trilogies are planned in advance. And if you do really well the first game, but and then the second game doesn't do so damn well, chances are that third game's not going to get made. And, and a lot of times, that studio might be shut the fuck down completely. I mean, we're still, you know, I'm sure we're still all hurting from visceral games being shut down by EA. Yes. Not necessarily for the same reasons that we're talking about, but it still sucks to have that much money involved and so much riding on that game to get to score well, but more importantly to sell well.
1: Scores scores don't always so, mean anything, but it, the the selling does.
0: Yeah, so I will say that you know it may cost you money. It will cost you money to delay a game, but it'll cost you a lot more to release a really absolutely. Game. And that has, and for like as long as I can remember, like writing about games, 2K games has always been very careful about that, and has you know it's like you know what we need to delay this game. We're going to delay this game. You're going to buy it anyway.
2: Yeah, and I played the uh, Far Cry Five and um, the Crew Two at PAX West this year. Far Cry Five, I'm a big. I mean, I can admit one thing that turned me off about the demo was I was actually in a in a in a aerial combat segment, and uh, so there's like a guy trying to shoot me down with machine guns, and uh, and this was cool. Like I had actually taken back a town, driven to an airport, refueled a plane they had gotten some makeshift bombs and they like we threw them on some kind of plantation or something so it was pretty badass and then it's like this guy was coming after me with a plane and it was the the classic far cry where I bumped into him midair and I managed to like regain you know control but I like severely had damaged him and I'm like that's lame you know I I won the demo but it's like I wanted to shoot him I wanted to circle and then shoot the damn guy down I didn't want to just have something like a game glitch like that happen where I like bumped into him. Like I literally bumped a plane, bumped into a plane in midair. So um, I was a little bit like, you know, taken aback by that. And then the crew too, it was pretty fun. I just think, I mean, it's just like, they. I think they just have a lot more to add, especially because it's a very interconnected game. It was kind of cool being able to literally morph from racing in a plane to racing in a car to racing in a boat and to racing in a dirt bike, like, instantly, similar to Driver San Francisco, if anybody remembers that game. So it was actually pretty neat. But at the same time, I I think it could have used a little more work. Um, You know, so probably for the crew, I think that the delay is actually pretty good. Far Cry 5, I think the delay is pretty good. I just, I I hope they they work on that. Um, I'm pretty excited for Far Cry 5, especially, because, I mean, I love 3. 4 was, story-wise was all right, gameplay-wise was fun. Um, and then Blood Dragon I just I honestly wish they just had opened another studio and just focused on that like a Blood Dragon Assassin Cre- Assassin's Creed like holy shit but um you know so I'm, I'm I'm happy to see Far Cry 5 return for the first time since 2014
0: Instead of more zombie games we need to see more games in the 80s I want the neon sex of the 1980s I mean especially Blood
2: Dragon because that was a game that just got like parodies or satire done extremely well you had uh for the product descriptions to the characters to the cutscenes. there's so much that went well with blood dragon and i just wish that we you know we saw more of that you know and, and and all that stuff i mean the 80s were a time of dreams they were a time of imagination they were a time of larger-than-life characters and over-the-top action as a matter of fact, uh, as a coincidence, as we talk about this, the ready another Ready Player One trailer dropped, and it showcased um, Chun Li, Tracer from Overwatch, and Mobile Suit Gundam being in the movie now. So it's just uh, it, like, but then it also showcased Joust and a couple, of, and I think the robots from Twenty Eighty Four, Robotron Twenty Eighty Four, in there, and it's just I think that the the eighties were just a, a big pulsating. Imaginative decade within human history. So it would be nice to see more of that taken advantage of. Not just the color and the flamboyance, but just the cultural meanings of it all.
0: Careful when you're tossing around a word like pulsating. (laughs) Use it wisely. Well, after hearing some of these numbers that Sony is tossing out now, I'm sure Tricky Mick will be pulsating somewhere. So, Sony has released sales numbers, as in sold to customers, for the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation VR. So, the PlayStation 4, and I'm pulling this from an article on IGN, Sony has now sold more than 70.6 million units worldwide for the PlayStation 4 as of December 3rd, while the PlayStation VR has surpassed 2 million units sold worldwide. More than 617.8 million copies of PS4 games and over two, or excuse me, twelve point two million units of PSVR titles have been sold as December third. So that's digital and retail. So the people who love disc and physical copies, and the people who love digital copies, and just the convenience of downloading, married in one happy place. Uh, I will point out, doing some quick math here, that that tells you that uh, based on the amount of PS of um, the, the copies of the games. Uh, and you divide that into the number of consoles sold. Or you divide the consoles sold into the number of games. Fuck. I think my math is off. God damn it. <laughs> I was trying to do fucking math. And I fucked myself up. This is why I write. This is why I write and talk. This is not why I don't do math. So hold on. Someone talk about these sales. If they're impressive or not. While well, I try to figure out if my math statement was <laughs> actually correct. Before I let chat <laughs> oh,
1: I'm sorry. That's funny. That's all I can do is laugh.
0: <laughs> and I will leave that in the show. Oh.
1: Well, I mean, they are impressive numbers, but I mean, they're numbers. You know what you can do with numbers; you can make anything look good. I'm surprised you got two million PSVR sales, but that's just because I feel that the VR is a is a niche thing, like the move. So,
0: yeah, we're pe- only people like tricky go on, yeah.
1: But- Pretty much.
0: PlayStation did what? I'm going to go buy that. Sony released a fart in a jar. Go i got to go buy that. Uh, so, the doing the math that, you know, doing the average, every PlayStation 4 owner has bought, on average, almost 9 games. 8.8 games, both at digital and at retail.
1: I would say that is accurate.
0: And the math for the, the VR is a little bit easier. Um... But it's about six six games, uh, six PlayStation VR games, for everyone who owns a PSVR. So. Which, you know, given how old the PlayStation 4 is, I don't know if not. Ni- it seems like nine games for this, to- this point in the-, the console's life cycle is, small is a little bit, like,
1: and, small. And how long has the 4 been out now? Since
0: 2013. So we've got about four years. So that's four like years. two games per year. That seems really, really small Whoa. because I myself have bought Horizon Zero Dawn this year and I got Crash Bandicoot. I bought The Lost Legacy. I tried The Lost Legacy as well as Hellblade, Sinuous Sacrifice. So that's four games right there.
1: Well, so let's see. Not counting on lo- not counting downloaded stuff. See, I've gotten uh, Horizon. Uh... I got Road Trooper Redo, Everybody's Golf, uh Uncharted Lost Legacy, uh Bullet Storm. Uh I know I'm missing another disc somewhere. But that's just what I've picked up this year. Um I've lost well, I've lost count. Oh. What
0: I picked up, <laughs> Roberto. I've lost count of how many games you played this week.
2: Yeah, four.
0: Well, thank you, yeah. thank you, sir.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I mean, even just this week, you're doing better than most people in a year. So, all right. Well, what we're gonna do is we're gonna move on to our last two topics, and they're kind of intertwined because it's a beloved Capcom franchise celebrating its 30th anniversary, and we're not talking about Street Fighter. So. In some rather big news for the uh, old-school side-scrolling platforming fans, Capcom has announced that Mega Man X through Mega Man X8 will be coming to the PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC next year, which means you can finally not pay $2 million for a copy of Mega Man X2 or X3, which is amazing. (laughs) Which makes you
1: a very happy trophy hunter. Yes,
0: because I have wanted... To play, I've never played those games. I've played X, Mega Man X Four, Mega Man X Five, and Mega Man X Six, but I've never played X Two and X Three. So this is fantastic news for me. I'm more excited about that than I am about the other Mega Man news that has come our way.
1: And I, I still, I, I was, I was interested, pleased with the with that news coming our way, even with the little trailer that they showed.
0: Well, they've done the the Legacy Collections, and they've announced that those will be coming, both of them, to the Switch as well. Uh, but the Legacy Collections. You know, they cover the, the uh, 8-bit style games as well as 7 and 8, but they stop at 10, so you don't get any of the X games on any of those, and I was waiting and waiting and waiting for them to release those, but I guess we're just going to get them released piecemeal or like one by one on the network, which is fine with me. Oh, they're not
1: going. I'll buy- they're, they're not releasing them as a disc bundle?
0: I don't... I mean, from the article that I read...
1: Hold on, let me look it up. Well no, I I didn't read the article. I just saw little snippets over the weekend pop up that said that it was coming, you know, that that you know, the X collection was coming. I thought awesome.
0: No, it just says it they will be available for all current gen consoles and PC sometime in summer of twenty eighteen. It does not say how they'd be delivered, but from the what I read in the article it led me to believe that they would just be released on on like say, uh Mega Man X three was released on the uh PlayStation Three, I, like you could buy the old school Mega Man games on the three, not as a collection. Well, as part of the Legacy Collection, but they also released them beforehand, like the Japanese versions, uh, singly, as each as their own.
2: I can imagine. I cannot imagine them not releasing, um, not releasing the uh, the collect like the X Collection on a disc. Uh, I think it would be a great bundle. It sounds like the the Legacy Collections have been a good success for Capcom. And uh, I can't imagine if they're going to release an a la carte because of the fact that this is, I think, perhaps like this is like perhaps a little more. This is more the revered sections of Mega Man, like the X games. I think are games that almost everybody has played. I I have extremely fond memories of the first uh, Mega Man X, so I can't wait to go back and kick everyone's ass in that game again. I was like, I used to be able to almost beat the game in one sitting, except for the fact that. There's like the boss at the end which had this like the it looked like a giant face that was shooting like red eye like orbs at you or something. I can never get past that. Um so I was never able to finish the game properly. So now I get to A little
0: little tip for you, sir. But Go after Chill Penguin first.
2: Yeah. No no well the robot lords weren't bad. I used to kill the penguin and then I, I, I used to work, I think, by way counterclockwise. I killed the. I I remember each time I killed the penguin, um, but then at the end, I think when you face Omega or whatever, the, the big general guy, like you, you, you you select the middle of the screen, and it's a whole different level, and, um, yeah, I, I I don't all I remember was a giant face in the background, it was, and the eyes were firing some kind of orbs at you, and at, this is after you get all the X upgrades. I just I couldn't get past that. So that's gonna be really cool. And then funny story with Mega Man X two. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was searching in my uh my like just chilling like trying to clear out my car trunk, and I came across a colored Guatemalan bag, and I unzipped it, and I found a, an SNES cartridge of Mega Man X two. Now it didn't have it. It didn't have the cardboard. It didn't have the um instruction manual, but it had the, the, the protective sleeve on the bottom of the cartridge, so the pins were protected and the cartridge looked in great shape, so I went to uh, a retro family store nearby called East East Coast Gamers in Tom's River. I gave them the cartridge and they resold it for 100 bucks, and somebody bought it. Yeah.
1: Resold it? Oh, Alex is going to kick your butt. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, for more than one thing. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so the Mega Man, we don't know how the Mega Man X games are going to be released. It just says they're going to be released on the network. So I'm assuming they're going to release them one by one. Um, But I could be wrong about that. Either way, Uh, I'm not buying all eight. Oh no, I'm not touching X7 or X8. And I played X6, so no thank you to that one. You know what, I'll buy X2 and X3, and I'm probably good.
2: Wait, X7 and X8 are
0: bad? You know what, I never played them, but they didn't look good. Oh, okay, and I don't hear good things about them because, you know my assumption is kind of based on not only like reviews, but also the fact that the Mega Man X games after four went down in quality very noticeably. I mean, x five was still fun and had some cool mavericks in it, but the quality just wasn't there anymore. So that's kind of the reason that I say that. Uh, uh, the other big news to come out of the Mega Man thirtieth anniversary is that Mega Man eleven is coming. Uh, but it will not be like Mega Man Nine and Ten, which were eight bit, eight bit uh, homages to the series back on the NES. So it's going to be a 2D, uh, two D, two point five D style,
4: uh, hand drawn Mighty sp- Might Number Nine ripoff. What? Mighty Number Nine ripoff.
0: Okay, well, Mighty Number no. Nine except was a ripoff of Mega Man, which,
4: well. yeah, well, technically Mighty Number no. 9 was made by the same guy that made yes, Mega Keiji
0: Man. Yes, made Mighty Number no. 9 and he also was the creator of Mega Man. That's true. But it, it the, the what, it,
4: my joke was being that Mega Man 11 is what Mighty Number no. 9 should have been. You interrupted my spiel with a shitty joke.
2: And which by the way, uh, with all the trophy horror guys out there who's listening. Uh there's a lot of you out there. Please do us a favor, give Keiji Fude a call just like check up on him. See how he's doing cuz I can imagine he's not feeling uh, good, with in the, in light of all this. I mean, you he, you he, he left Capcom to make a spiritual successor to Mega Man, winds up being one of the biggest disappointments of 2016, and also with one of the most embarrassing PR uh, trailers in history, where the bad guys will make you cry like an anime prom uh an anime fan on prom night, if you recall. And then they just decide, you know what? We're gonna make a Mega Man 11. So I imagine he's 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 he he can't be doing too good. I hope you know okay. I'm
0: gonna say. Well, I'll say this: if I Mega if I made Mega Man 2 and Mega Man 3, I would trump that. I would uh, trumpet that shit for the rest of my life. So yes, we have officially been joined by the biggest whore we all know. It's tricky, Mick.
4: Yeah, I kind of interrupted before. Uh, I'm gonna leave everything before. We synced up to uh in the show, so that's all going to play in.
0: So, yeah, so we are going to move on, unless Tricky wants to say anything about Mega Man before we go.
4: No, like I was saying before, it's just, it's a shame that, you know, we, you know, Mighty Number no. 9 should have been Mega Man 11. And, it, it you know, it shouldn't have, it, they shouldn't have had their, Mighty Number no. Nine should never had to exist. If we're gonna get a Mega Man Eleven, then this is what the game should have been, and Mighty Number no. Nine, the whole travesty with what that happened, and I don't know, travesty is the right word, but the whole drama behind it should never ex- existed. If we're gonna get a, a Mega Man Eleven and it's gonna look pretty much like Number no. Nine, Mighty Number no. Nine does, then you know, well, I guess I'm just looking at the fact of what could have been.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm hopeful because of the fact that um, it Capcom did hint a couple of months ago that they were trying to resurrect their old IPs again. And maybe after a decade of having a lot of issues, a checkered history for the last 10 years, with bringing some of these issue, these IPs back, perhaps maybe now they feel confident enough that they're going to really, you know, deliver something that generates a true uh, impact uh, of, of the Mega Man franchise. I mean, maybe they were looking at what happened with Mighty Number no. 9. They said, maybe deep down, I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but maybe they said, you know what? This is pretty crappy. I mean, you know, we can't have, like, our, this legacy. Even though it's not called Mega Man, we can't have...
4: But it was Mega Man. Right.
2: But, what, what I mean, it's like, we can't have the legacy be tainted like this. Like, just, just let's, maybe, you know what? That there, there was, despite the fact that it was a flop, there was anticipation for this game to be some kind of a successor. So maybe we should just get back into the into the field ourselves and just get back into it. So maybe there's a chance that if it's if it's not going to be great, it's going to be at least good. Um, now, me, I have to get back like get back into the Mega Man craze to begin with. I have the I have both lexi collections. I just haven't played them, and just really get back into the art of what makes these games so great. So uh, that's that's come from my angle. And like I said, I mean, when you look at Capcom the last 10 years, I'm sure there was a lot of bad pains, but maybe they're just they're poised right now. I mean, some of the things like I was thinking about all week that they went through uh, 2008, the double the super uh, the super Street Fighter DLC controversy 2009, the the failure of the Bionic Commando remake. Not, not, not uh, Bionic Commander Rearm, but they was like a third-person Bionic Commando game. That was actually, I liked it, but, you know, it didn't do so hot sales-wise. The failure of Lost Planet 2, the underwhelming success of Lost Planet 3, the controversies with Double May Cry 2013, um, just just to name a few there. And maybe now they, you know, and then KJ Fune being kind of, his departure being kind of a setback too. Maybe now they've just decided that this is, you know, we just got to get back into the rhythm in the game here.
0: Capcom has been fucking up for a long time. Let's be honest about that. It's probably a good thing that they gave DMC to Ninja Theory because they probably would have fucked that up too.
2: Right. Like I said, um, you know that like the, with the fourth game, you had a highly anticipated action title for the PlayStation Three and Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, and unfortunately, uh, it wound up being just. It was not bad, but it had it wasn't great. It had very redundant level design, so um, there was that. And then like the other things I mentioned were pretty gaping, too. Um, like, for example, by, like double, the DLC controversy with Street Fighter, that was something that was very, very negatively received, which, if you recall, Street Fighter had DLC locked onto the disc and uh, you had to pay for it, and that was kind of seen as a controversy at the time that, you know, when DLC was being invented. Uh, then, of course, uh, 2009, you had Bionic Commando, which was a third-person interpretation sequel of Bionic Commando Rearmed, and unfortunately, the game was it was good, but it just it was right at launch the game went like to twenty dollars.
0: Here's the thing about Capcom, and we'll we'll move on from this after this. Um but Capcom has essentially been living off or they are living off their longtime franchise at this point. You look at Mega Man and you look at Street Fighter, Mega Man was introduced in the eighties. Street Fighter was popular in the arcades in the early nineties. And then you've got uh I mean, you know, Well, I guess they still have Dead Rising. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, Dead Rising is, you know, came out in the original Xbox. Wasn't it on the original Xbox? Yes. No, it's the Xbox. Oh, 360, 360. No, it was
2: 360. 360.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's a recent success they've had. And Monster Hunter. Okay, I forgot about Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter is also a big part of their success. But it seems like with a lot of what they're doing, it's just so based in the past and, like, DMC is another example where they keep re-releasing Devil May Cry. They came out for the PlayStation 3, now they come out with the PlayStation 4. It seems like so much of their success comes from the past as opposed to stuff they've introduced recently. And as we know, everyone's bitching at Nintendo. It's like, until, like, Splatoon and ARMS, everyone's like, well, why aren't you creating new franchises? Where's the next Pikmin? Well, who the fuck is talking to Capcom and saying, where are your new franchises? Why the fuck do we have to play uh street fighter every fucking year and buy like a new edition and get that's an entire can of worms we don't need to get into because fucking street fighter has been a a thorn in everyone's side even people who like street fighter bitch about how they get treated by capcom and all the the money they have to spend on street fighter just to play as the characters they want to play and yet they still fucking buy it so like I mean let's be honest that's probably why Street Fighter is that way because Capcom can't make fucking money off new games.
2: Right. I would say that's a fair reasoning. Um but like you said like just, they've been really relying on more established franchises uh that you know and then Street Fighter because of course like you know that has a big plug in esports and competitiveness and things of that sort. So um like I said it's just uh they've had a bit of a checkered history in the last 10 years so hopefully We'll see if um, any of that gets corrected and rectified with the release of Mega Man. I mean, now the stakes are high. I mean, this is Mega Man after all. If they blow this, then we might see a really significant downscaling of Capcom in terms of what they can produce. Like, maybe that they'll just stick to Monster Hunter and Street Fighter and that's it. Like, we won't ever see an update of 1943 or Commando or any other uh, arcade classics, which I'd like to see happen, too so um 1943 that'd be awesome yeah like they had it they had one on the ps3 and it was okay but i would love to see we're
0: certainly not seeing any more sega rally or virtual fighter yeah i I, I would no no echo the dolphin for us oh my gosh why have the sega oh wait shit Shit. that's all fucking sega games yep what the fuck am i talking about
2: okay i thought you were joking you were really convinced oh shit
0: (laughs) no i just i just had a fucking brain fart there i am dumb as hell uh, okay. Here, you know what? Darkstalkers. Darkstalkers. There, there is a legitimate Capcom franchise that I forgot about and should have said. Got Sega on the brain. Bullshit.
3: <laughs> well, and yeah. we started
0: off on such a high with Mega Man. And now, we ought to... You know what? There's only one thing. Like, after a bad day of work and coming home to listen to some Stevie Nicks and Fleetwood Mac, there's only one thing that can bring me up after this low... Of confusing Capcom and Sega. And that's this week's Sophie's Trophies with our good buddy, Sid. Take it away, Sid.
3: Hey guys, how you all doing? Uh, Sid again, back with Sophie's Trophies episode 20. Um, Hope you're all doing okay. Um, I'm going to get straight into it this week, guys. Um, The game I have chosen to talk about is the recent uh, PS Plus game, Darksiders 2. Um, The game came onto PS Plus this week. Um, I love this game. Uh, You play Death, uh, brother of war, who was uh, in the first Darksiders game. Um, The reason I'm talking about this game is because it beat me on the PS3. Um, I did not get the platinum on it. I got to 95% of the trophies. Um, But before I explain why, uh, let's have a little look at some of the trophies in there. Um, The platinum is BFA. Not sure what that stands for. Um, It's Unlock Everything. Now, the other day it was a 0.9 ultra-rare trophy. Um, Today it's down to 0.8. I'm guessing that's because a lot of people have downloaded it. um, Because I'm imagining the trophies are based on who's got it, who's downloaded it, who's played it, um, and various factors like that. Okay, Um, the thing I can tell you about this game is most of the trophies... Um, are through beating certain bosses, doing quests and things like that. I think there are a total of about 17 side quests in this game, all for finding various things like um, the Book of the Dead pages for Vulgrim. You find all of those, you get the trophy for that, but that also unlocks the uh, special vaults around the game and you get a trophy for unlocking all four of those. So some of the uh, trophies are tied to other trophies um so most of the trophies on this trophy list are hidden so let's have a look at some of the uh, ones that aren't um complete the game on apocalyptic which is a true horseman um one i found yesterday looks familiar collect redemption which is death's gun um i completed one of the quests last night which is fire of the mountain um quite an easy one that the first quest or the first major quest anyway um Trophy for Completing All Secondary Quests, um, Grim Reaping, Unlock the Reaper Form. Um, The Secondary Quests um, is an ultra-rare, that's a 1.2. I'm going to talk about that one because the collectibles in this game are ridiculous. There are something like 128 different collectibles and there are no um, trackers in-game to uh, collect. Or to show you what you're collecting, um, the best way I found to do this is basically print out a list of what is where. Um, I'm going to open this drawer I've got here, and I have a list, so bear with me if you hear the rustling. Um, I got this list off PSN profiles, um, and I'll just give you a quick look at it. The first set of levels is the Forge Lands, and it's got Tri Stone at the Maker's Forge, one collectible, uh, and then under that it says Stonebite, uh, one. Which is a mystic stone bite. Um, the Ford, six collectibles. Page of the Dead pages, two. Uh, stone bites, four. Uh, stone bites are little stones you have to shoot. Um, there are three different types there's mystic, power, and resistance, and you give them to a character once you've collected them and he upgrades your base stats. Um, so, yeah, if you're going to collect things in this game, guys, print something out. Um, Give yourself a list and cross off whenever you find something. Uh, It makes it a hell of a lot easier. Otherwise, you'll be searching forever. Um, Another trophy, uh, 1.3 ultra rare. Bravo, old chap. Uh, Defeat Wicked K. Now, he is at the end of the... uh, Oh, I've forgotten what it's called. A hundred wave uh, section of the game that opens up later on in the game as you uh, find cards. Uh, You unlock 25 levels at a time. Uh, There you go. Sorry, guys. Um, Is there anyone else? That's another ultra-rare. That's uh, Complete the Crucible, which is the um, 100-wave level I was just talking about. For some reason, I completely forgot the name. Um, Right, so the trophies I missed on the last go-through of this game are basically Defeat Wicked K and uh, Complete the Crucible. Because, um, well, basically, I was an idiot. I sold a load of uh, weapons. Um, you pick up weapons in this game as loot drops. There are different tiers, different colours, purple being uh, possessed weapons, which you can feed other weapons to to make them stronger. Each weapon has different stats, like um, health drain or fire or various things like that. Um, and I got rid of all the good ones. Um And it made the crucible just a little bit too hard for me, to be fair. Um, You know, I didn't have any decent weapons to uh, do what I needed to do. So this time round, I'm going to be very, very um, safe and not sell any weapons with a decent uh, stat to them. Um, So that's a bit of advice for you on that one. There you go. Two bits of advice. Make a list and don't sell your good stuff. Um so the general game itself follows death um, trying to free his brother war uh, like i said from the first game um plays like a pretty much a standard 3d adventure game um with the loop thrown in it so you know i think they kind of got that from games like borderlands and mmos um it's a big game a very long game it will take many hours to complete um I'm not going to tell you too much about it because i think people should just play it but that's just a couple of tips for some of the trophies which can be a little bit um annoying in this game because if you if you don't have a list to write down what you've found you're just going to be looking forever because it is a huge game um but overall i love this game you know i'm very very annoyed that i uh, didn't get the platinum on the ps3 um, I sold my PS3 to a friend at work uh, before I actually finished it. I was on that section. Um, I'd done it about four or five times, and it was it was annoying me. Um, and somebody wanted my PS3, so I was like, okay. Because um, I knew it was on the PS4 anyway. Um, so, yeah. I think, good game, well worth playing. Really worth playing now it's free. Um, you know, I think it's a really, really good deal um, to get on that. Oh, one other trophy to talk about. Um, this is a new trophy for this game. Uh, it's an ultra-rare, again, a 1.2, and it's called It's Definitive. And it's complete the game on Definitive Edition. A really strange word to say that. Um, which is the new difficulty. Um, there's Apocalyptic difficulty, and uh, then there's Definitive. Uh, which has been added for this version of the game because they got rid of some of the online functionality of the game. Um, So that's what I'm playing through on. It is quite a bit harder by the looks of it. Um, And when I do the Crucible, I will probably knock it down to easy to do the Crucible, but not before I have everything else. Um, So, yeah, that's it for this week, guys. hope that just uh, gives you a little taster of that game. Well worth playing, um, and I can't wait for... Dark side is 3. Um, so, yeah, as always, if you want to get in touch with me, Sid is 1978 on the PSN, um, Sid at Proven Gamer on the email, or through the Trophy Horse Facebook group. Um, I don't go on Twitter that much, so I'm not going to give my Twitter handle out, really. Um, I'll do it one last time now. It's at Sidney. Um, but from now on, I'm not really going to use it because I don't use Twitter that much. Um, but, yeah, Thanks for listening, guys. Hope that was okay this week, and uh, keep getting those trophies. Bye.
0: And we're back, which means Tricky is taking over for me because I've been talking entirely too much.
4: All right, so our topic of the week this week, uh, we're going to go into our winners and losers from our predictions. Uh, quickly going over the predictions, our good man Sid, who you just heard from with Sophie's Trophy, Uh he sent in the results of our predictions. Gentlemen, are you ready?
2: Yeah. Sure.
4: All right. Starting with Roberto. Roberto's first uh, prediction Borderlands 3 will get a tease. He said, no word, zero points. Second prediction 343 will tease the next Halo. No Halo teased, zero points. Number three, Sony will unveil a new shooter, likely a kill zone or possibly resurrecting an old IP like SOCOM. He says, firewall shooter for PSVR. He gave you a point. Cool. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Nintendo will bring in a new exclusive. I'd have to guess F-Zero. He said, didn't happen. Zero points. Uh, Your fifth prediction was Hitman will tease a season two. Nothing on this. Zero points. And your crazy prediction was Hitman. Excuse me. Your crazy prediction was Syphon Filter will return as a new exclusive from Sony. A sequel to the PSP classic Syphon Filter, Logan Shadow in which the game ended on a cliffhanger. The game will be handed by a new studio. He said, nope, zero points. So, Roberto, you got a total of one point. Yay.
2: One is a lovely stumper. First is the worst. Second is the best.
1: It's better than half a point.
4: Yeah. Uh, Matt, who's not here to hear this, but he'll hear this when it show releases, his first prediction, Bloodborne 2 teaser trailer release window 2018. He uh Sid says teaser trailer more likely bloodborne half a point. So I, I know you guys talked about the teaser trailer earlier, uh but Sid gave you a half a point there Matt for for that. Uh second prediction Last of Us gameplay Ellie or Joel show up not shown zero points. Number three Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven trailer gameplay and release window no words zero points. Fourth prediction, Death Stranding Game Pay Trailer not pre-rendered in-engine shown, but pre-rendered half a point. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 multiplayer reveal, GTA GTA Online but with Horses Bra, not shown zero points. And his crazy prediction was Telltale's Games, Stranger Things, sad but no, zero points. Now, Sid did put half a point, but... Uh, I guess, I, I don't know why he didn't add the two up, but Matt got one point. Yul, you ready for yours, sir?
1: Sure! Let's laugh at this one.
4: First one, Days Gone will have a reveal trailer, gameplay or CG, and will have a release date. Not shown, zero points. Yes! Last of Us 2 will close the show with gameplay trailer and a firm release date. Not shown, zero points. Bat
1: in the thousands.
4: Spider-Man will have gameplay trailer with a release date. Sometime Q2, Q3. Not shown. Zero points. Yes! Red Dead Redemption will have a new trailer with a release window of May to August 2018. Not shown. Zero points. Quantic Dream will show more on Detroit Become Human with a release date given. Shown, played, coming out spring 2018. One point.
1: Yes! Not scoreless.
4: That's very very liberal there, Sid. I don't know if I would have gave him that one.
0: Wow, are you questioning Sid?
1: He is questioning
0: um, Sid.
4: Well, I have already questioned Sid on Matt's too. So,
0: what are you doing? Why don't you just piss on Sid? Good lord!
4: I'm not piss. I, I already you discussed know what?
0: You, this. With Sid. You, you, st- when you won last time, you the E three predictions. You stood by Sid solid as a
4: rock, and now you're questioning him. I've them. I've already discussed this all with Sid in private chat. Yield your bonus prediction. Insomniac Games will announce either a new Ratchet & Clank game, a new series with the future series, or the next game in a rebooted series. Nope, zero points. Yield a total of one point.
1: Hey, I'm tied for
4: first. Steven. First edition, Ghost of Tsushima will be single player only. No online multiplayer of any kind. Not shown. Zero points. Spider-Man will get a release date November 2018. No release date. Zero points. Dreams will be revealed and free to play. A new trailer, not free to play, half a point. Uh, PSVR's Black Friday price drop will be the new price. Bundles will now be $2.99 instead of $3.99. No price drop or new price, zero points. Spiral Remastered announced, unfortunately not zero points. Bonus prediction PlayStation All Stars 2 uh, announced, nope, zero points. Total, even half point. Tricky. God of War shown, release date 2018. Shown, but no release date, half a point. Virtual console is coming to Switch in 2018, no info, zero points. Death Stranding will be shown at Game Awards and a new celebrity will be in it. Trailer shown, but no new celebrity, half a point. Number four, name changes are coming, coming next year, one point. Ghost of Tsushima is shown at PSX, with more choices detailed, not shown, zero points. And my crazy prediction, Days Gone is shown, and it's released today, not shown, zero points. So total, tricky, two points. How, so, how is that I, a crazy prediction? That Days Gone is shown and it's released today?
1: Yeah, it, it, it's, its release was right now.
0: Oh. I, I thought you were just saying the release date was announced that day.
2: I think no. that no. we may never see that again after what happened to the Sega Saturn.
0: <laughs> you know, you so, mean the Dreamcast.
2: No, the Saturn was released the same
0: day that it was announced at E3 all those years but, ago. But wasn't the Dreamcast also announced on 9999 like no. shortly after no. E3? Uh uh okay, that part I don't I'm not too familiar with, but I know the Saturn
2: is that they said, "Oh, it's available today," which was like it was a really bad way to introduce a new system to developers because it was a pain in the ass to develop on. And, of course, they suddenly said, oh, shit, it's available today. we got to, like, scramble and get our uh, games going. So, um, yeah, it was kind of not the best thing to do. So I don't think that's ever going to happen. As for the Dreamcast thing, I'm not too familiar. I don't think, I mean... It
0: was... The Dreamcast was released in North America on September 9th, 1999.
2: Correct. I don't know when, that, when the release date was announced. I guess I need three.
0: Well, E3 is typically at the end of August, early September, so... No, it's in June. June? Yeah.
1: It's the first weekend of June. Oh, I'm of thinking June. of PAX.
0: Yeah. Well, what... Where the fuck is my brain? I'm not even drinking. It's on vacation.
4: <laughs> uh, Alex, tell us about Extra Life.
0: So, you may be asking yourself, what is the total amount of money raised for Extra Life 2017 for the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals? And I can tell you that we have gone bigger this year, bigger than last year, the total raise for Extra Life 2017 has surpassed $10 million. And I think what you... Yeah. Yep. 10 mil. And, so anyone who participated or anyone who spread the word of Extra Life, give yourself a little pat on the back. The important thing that you need to know is that you can still donate to Extra Life through the end of the year. So you can go to extra-life.org to donate to your favorite player, your favorite team, uh, you know, you can still help raise more money for the Children's Miracle Network, Miracle Network of Hospitals. And again, we will remind everyone, 100% of your donation goes to the Children's Miracle Network Hospital that is being represented by the person that you are donating to. And what's more, your donation is a tax write-off. So, do it. Go do it. Do end of the year, extra-life.org. I might want to say that slower so people can actually get it in there. Type in your address bar, extra org. Go donate some money and help some sick kids. The motto for extra life is play games heal kids. It's the perfect win win situation. So until next year when Extra Life 2018 kicks off, help raise a few a little bit more money to jack up that, that 10 mil.
4: Uh and I wanna give two special shout outs here. One Uh, Because we raised uh, Well I say we uh, Because Extra Life has raised 10 million dollars this year uh, Since its start in 2008 Extra Life has raised over 40 million dollars total Over the years And I want to give a special shout out To uh, Los Angeles Rams offensive guard Roger Safford Who was one of 20 people Who wore cleats Uh, In week three of this NFL season, in support of the Children's American Network Hospitals, but uh, Roger Safford himself wore blue cleats with the Extra Life logos on them as he played the game. He donated them to charity. He auctioned them off and then donated the money from those proceeds to help raise money for the cause. So, I want to give a special shout out to him. (coughs) Uh, our next, uh, our next sponsor is Amazon. If you could and would each and every time you do your shopping on Amazon, stop by Proving Gamer first, click on any Amazon link, and continue with your normal shopping. Doesn't cost you anything extra and does help out the site tremendously. And if you do shop on Amazon and you are Amazon Prime, please know that you can go over to twitch.tv backslash Proving Gamer and become a Twitch Prime member in which you are able to subscribe for free once a month. Yes, you do have to renew it every single month. But you can go to, to the Twitch page and subscribe to your favorite streamers. Uh, if you don't, if you don't uh, subscribe to somebody, you're just throwing away the money. It's free money, it doesn't cost you anything extra. Uh, so go support your, your favorite streamer. And we just hope that's us if you choose to go over to Proving Gamer and slash uh, Proving Gamer do that for us. Uh, and our last sponsor is our Patreon. We are trying to raise money uh, to keep the lights on here, pay the staff, whatnot. So if you could would find your way over to patreon.com backslash Proving Gamer and donate what you can. Uh, I, I I was asked to point out that it is a monthly subscription. So once you sign up for, say, $5, it does charge you $5 a month every month until you cancel it you could raise it up you can lower it you can cancel it anytime it does not matter but i was asked to point that out because somebody who signed up for the patreon didn't realize that it was wasn't a one-time thing it was a uh, monthly subscription so i was asked to point that out uh but with that being said let's close out the show with some shout outs So, alright, first
0: and foremost, I want to thank the listeners for being awesome and joining us every week, despite the ejaculation jokes. Uh, We don't do them very often, so, you know, but when we do, it rains down. Uh, Yeah, but thank you, listeners. Uh, You guys are the fuel to this fire that we call Trophy Hores, the gasoline. Without you all, we could not have Trophy Hores where it currently is. So, uh, I definitely appreciate you all, as I I think I speak for everyone on the show, uh, Roberto, Yield, and Tricky. Thank you all very much for setting aside some time uh, away away from your family, from your duties, from your responsibilities, just to spend it with us. Uh, it's it's very awesome to you. As always, thank for the support. Uh, shout out to Roberto who is basically uh, he's got a perfect attendance for trophy here for the trophy horse for the past like two months. Uh, so thanks Roberto <laughs> for coming on and. Uh, Talking some games games with us. Yield, congratulations on uh the new home. Thank moving you. in, playing some Mario Kart Double Dash, and uh happy birthday. Because your birthday was yesterday, correct? Correct. I don't believe I gave you a happy birthday, so happy birthday, sir. Thank Belated. you. Belated. I hope it was a wonderful wonderful get together with the family. It was. And a shout out to Tricky for hurrying home from work to join us.
4: Yeah, I was I was going actually gonna try to record from work, but it was just way too hectic and there was a train going over my head like every five minutes, so that would have destroyed the audio, so. Yeah.
0: Yes, it would have.
4: All right. Roberto, your shout-out, sir.
2: All right. Shout-out to uh, my whole family, uh, you know, and uh, also a shout-out to everyone at Proven Gamer, you know, Tricky, Andy, Joseph, Yield, thank you very much for this opportunity to be on the show. Uh, I got a bunch of new Twitter followers this past week, so, uh, if they somehow come across this, uh, just want to say thanks for tuning in. Um, of course you can reach out to me there. Um, uh, I have, uh, I've, I'm always sharing like, you know, hashtag screenshot Saturday posts and all that and video clips. So, uh, thank you for that as well. Um, also, um, yeah, uh, just, uh, yeah. Thank you for, uh, thank you for all that. And, uh, just, uh, another, um, <laughs> Another uh, uh, just a, a quick mention. I mentioned at the top of the the broadcast that I mentioned that uh, I was gonna go and uh, that, no uh, that sorry I got distracted. Okay, that at the top of the broadcast I had to see the disaster artist. I just want to say, kind of a thank you to that movie because. That movie was extremely inspiring. It's a movie based off the it's the movie based off the biopic. The biopic was written based off a movie called The Room. James Franco is Tommy Wiseau, and it's about how the movie was kind of made. But it's it's very funny and also extremely inspiring. Like I, I'd have to say that that movie has given me like a new rekindling of what it is that uh, you know what 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 it is that we do and what we're doing here. So uh, I'd encourage everybody to go see that if you can. Uh, and see the room first, and then see the disaster artist. And trust me, uh, you're gonna have a very good time with that.
4: All right, and I want to give a shout out uh to Alex first and foremost for taking the reins, as I was unable to do my hosting duties for the start of the show. Uh, shout out to Yield thank you for coming back, dude. Uh, I didn't hear quick story. Your internet good now? Yeah. Can, can we do video cast? No! Damn it. Yield does... Is that because you don't...
1: <laughs> Yields... Yeah, no.
4: So we just gotta save those for the, the special events. There
1: you go. We don't want to give them too much. They'll expect it.
4: <laughs> that is true. Uh, Roberto, thank you for filling in. Uh, you weren't even supposed to be on today's show. You just showed up, so, which is awesome. Oh, okay. Um...
2: You're
4: welcome, sir. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. No, so, no, no. I, so we have, I, I don't, we I don't mean that negatively. Horse,
0: we have a Trophy Horse group set up where, like, everyone that was included in the previous recording is in the room. So when I just, like, hit call Trophy Horse, it calls everybody, and I have to try to dash to hang up on people that aren't going to be in the call. But Roberto picked up, so it's like, hey, I'm
4: recording. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. I'm making this a routine. I don't mean that to be negative.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just meant it, like... No, it's okay. It's all good. I understand. <laughs> it...
1: it...
4: Yield, it's good to have you back, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you just stirred up trouble. That's
1: right. That that's what I do.
4: Uh uh, shout out to the listeners. Shout out to Sweet Mama D, who unfortunately, because it decided to snow in the northeast, uh, I wasn't able to spend time with. Uh she came to my house while I was at work and when I got home she was sleeping. So she uh I'm gonna go after I'm done recording, I'm gonna go give her a kiss and Tell her I love her. Uh shout out to the goddess who took care of Sweet Mama D while I was at work. And shout out to the listeners. Uh without you guys, we probably wouldn't do this show every week.
2: Oh, of course, yeah, especially so. the listeners.
4: Uh so if that's it, if there's nothing else, until next week, happy trophy hunting. Later. Peace out. May the force be with you. Save your last